guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? Y'all, get ready for some grumpy old man talk on this episode, because <laughs> I downloaded the new Alkaline Trio album, and god damn it, it's not as good as old Alkaline Trio. <laughs> Scorching hot take. God damn it is still the best album and they have gone downhill since the first album. <laughs> That's the problem is like God damn it is I would say flawless with the exception of the song Southern Rock for me. Like See, I even God like damn. Southern I, although, Rock. Oh, there we go. I see the thing is I feel like uh, for me uh I jumped off around Agony and Irony like it was because Crimson for me with Alkaline Trio was where they started to kind of like, oh, okay, this is a bit of a departure, but that's fine. And then it kind of just got worse. And I was like, no, okay, we're, I think we're done here. Yeah, but the, the solo albums, all of the different Dan Andriano, Matt Skiba projects were pretty good. So, like, I kind of was headed back their way and. Uh, Warhol mm -hmm. is a fucking bop, but this new album oh, yeah. just sounds the same. Every track sounds like an one standard Alkaline Trio track. Just generic. It sounds like a song that they play. <laughs> so it sounds like somebody doing their best Alkaline. It, it's it's Alkaline Trio doing doing their best Alkaline Trio impersonation. Yeah, exactly. What have you been up to this week, Ryan? Well, uh, this week I have... So, uh, I've been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight. So, what is Dead by Daylight? So, Dead by Daylight is... Uh, it's kind of like Friday the 13th in, in that it is considered an asymmetrical slasher game where uh, you play online with people and one of the people in a session is designated as the killer and everybody else is designated as a survivor and generally the idea uh, behind a game like this is to escape from the level without getting killed. Um, and it's such a different game from Friday the 13th in terms of gameplay and also like tonally. Because Friday the 13th, the thing is, the Friday the 13th game, which has been out for well over a year and has no business being the buggy piece of shit, it thank God still is and is the sole reason I play it. Um, because there's something great about clipping through the floor in 1983 and having a small child yell curses at you um, on, on the internet. It's just outstanding. But so Dead by Daylight, I, I got entirely on the back of like, yeah, you know, you can download Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers and Leatherface as playable killers. And the thing that I've realized about playing uh, asymmetrical slasher games on the internet, however you play this game, uh, like whatever your play style is as a killer people will get upset with you if you kill them like it doesn't matter what you do like you can if you if you tunnel people too much and you just chase them and let everybody else do objectives you're a bad killer if you manage objectives and you flit around a lot you're bad if you basically if you do anything to win you're a tryhard and people people get very upset you know I, I can't relate in terms of video games, but what I can relate to that with is uh, I do play a lot of laser tag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes, laser tag in the year of our Lord 2018. And um, I find that laser tag yeah. responses sound very comparable. Yeah, it's just people, I, I, I generally people get upset, I guess, when, when you um, shoot them with lasers. Uh, but Dead by Daylight, I feel like, I, I don't know, playing this game for the last week or so, 
it's the illusion of progress. Like I've realized that the entire um, I've realized that the entire appeal of games like this is, well, look, I can quantify the progress I've made as a person in the last week. Look, my 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 Freddy Krueger is at level thirty. Obviously, I'm not doing nothing with my life. When like parentheses, absolutely, I'm doing nothing with my life. Um, Narrator, but, he wasn't doing it. Yeah, Ron, Ron Howard voice. No one gives a shit how high level your Freddy Krueger is. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty. That's what I've been doing. And then also, um, so one of the videos that uh, we we watched. I don't know if we're going to be ranking it necessarily. I think we um, can because it is uh-huh. the kind of VHS ephemera that we already have on the list so i think it it goes mm-hmm. also it's directed by um so so let's go ahead and talk about spooky world it is directed by ted mickles the director of astro zombies and corpse grinders which is is this a departure for him or is it largely the same thing have you ever seen Corpse Grinders? It's a movie where they grind corpses to I've... make cat food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so it's not just a clever name. I have seen Astro Zombies, but I'm not going to lie, the entire reason I've seen Astro Zombies is because the Misfits did a song about it. That's the only reason to see Astro Zombies, is because the Misfits did a song. <laughs> yeah. So so it's not right. really indicative of his directorial style, but the fact that... Tom Savini, Kane Hodder, and Ted Mickles uh, got Bobby Boris Pickett and all gathered together to make a weird 23-minute promotional tape for the theme park spooky world, um, I think is worth talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's amazing because it's so, uh, it's largely just what any theme park does during Halloween, really, where it's like Six Flags Fright Fest or Not Scary Farm, where it's just like... Yeah, we've got a, a, a hayride and a dude dressed as Leatherface that'll, that'll pop out and yell at you. Um, and okay, so it's voiced, the narration, which by the way, I love that he's credited this way, as uh, Kane Jason Hodder, um, who does the, the, the narration throughout. And he's sort of, you know what, I, I love Kane Hodder because he absolutely showed up for narration of this 23-minute promotional Spooky World video. Yeah, and I can't tell if if Kane Hodder owns Spooky World or if it's a bit where he's like, I bought this theme park f- uh, from a farmer and I said, we're going to make the hayride go through <laughs> my backyard. And I was like, your actual backyard or like your kayfabe <laughs> Jason backyard? That's what I couldn't figure out is if he was like, I gave old farmer johnson a handful of spooky beans and he gave me a park and it's just like he's now what's 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 amazing about kane hodder doing narration on this thing is that you know he's he's giving bits about like yeah oh you know leatherface he's competition because i'm literally jason Voorhees. and then as the thing progresses he starts like directly threatening the viewer where he's just like oh you know we're really sad that you couldn't make it to spooky world I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to locate your house and come to it and then murder you in reality. Um, which, you know, there are worse ways to die than getting killed by National Treasure Kane Hodder. <laughs> right? We, he, you we know, should he, all yeah, be so lucky. So Boris, um, so Bobby Boris uh, Pickett 
It's weird because, he, so obviously he does the monster mash because I would imagine that after he did the monster mash, this is what he did all the time forever until he died, including, by the way, he did a thing in the early 2000s called the climate mash, which is just a climate change centric parody of his own song. So um, can we talk YouTube about it. how I'm, I'm, I've been listening to a lot of NPR and I'm very terrified about the recent uh, climate change news and uh oh no that's not funny bobby boris bickett <laughs> oh no what's the recent climate change news oh just every uh morning this week all things considered has featured people that live in coastal states who are underwater now this morning they oh, were fuck. talking about a coastal research statement station that's now an island didn't used to be an island but now it is and the scientists are like well we can either not do our research on climate change or this is the perfect place to do it and we can take a ferry out to our lab because it's in the middle of the fucking ocean now wow 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 we did the climate mash like that's fuck yeah can no you, can you go back to s singing about the monster mash please um so he's yeah so bobby what bobby ever happened to my transylvania which... twist Really? What <laughs> happened to it? <laughs> Bring it back, Bobby. He, Bring it yeah, back. Yeah, honestly, yeah, Bobby, please. I'm uncomfortable with how we're all gonna die. I, I, I would very much like to sing the Monster Mash. He, um, so he, he's performing at Spooky World, uh, in in circa 1994, and he does a bit at the beginning of it where he's doing banter, and he says, "This is a song that in 1961 Elvis called the stupidest thing he'd ever heard." Well, guess who's dead now, Elvis? And then he does the monster match. It's like, um, Bobby, I, who I hurt you? What did Elvis do to you? <laughs> Get fucked, Elvis. <laughs> like, he's just fucking putting Elvis on blast at the county fair. Fuck yeah, Bobby Boris Pickett. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it is it is powerfully 1994, but what I love about it um, there, there's a Tumblr post making the rounds right now that I've been thinking a lot about, which was the, the uh, OP on this post said, y'all still out here in 2018 saying spoopy or on thin ice. And then somebody else responded like, sorry, if you have a better word to encapsulate horror themed things that are actually harmless, I'd love to hear it, motherfucker. Um, but the intro to this is quite spoopy where it's, the thing is, it is, um, indeterminately spoopy because it has no idea tonally what kind of intro it wants to do because it's like a flash of quick images where it's like spurting head wound torture guy troll doll outline of a scary witch that your kindergarten teacher probably hung up in 1994 chainsaw massacres where it's just like I don't know, just throw that, spooky stuff at the wall, see what sticks. That weird video toaster animation of the Hayride with that, oh, that animated skeleton. And it's like, yeah. we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Tom Savini produced this video, by the way. I was going to say, like, and he pops up in it for like two seconds, where you can tell that he was just doing this thing as like a lark, and then he pops up and kind of goes, oh, yeah, f uh, spooky world, I guess. I don't know. I, I designed a haunted house. I don't know. And then it cuts quickly to the next person. I would kill to go to a haunted house designed by Tom Savini. Like, I would actually do a Saw-style challenge. <laughs> you would, like, lose digits to go and hang out at a haunted house designed by Tom Savini, which... Honestly, I love that there are awards for people who design haunted houses, like mazes. 
like, especially at Not's, uh, Not Scary Farm, they take this shit really, really seriously. Like, the person who did the, uh, the Tooth Fairy uh, haunted house for Not Scary Farm won a fucking award for that maze, and I love that... Honestly, Haunter's Art of the Scare has turned me on to this entire subculture of haunted houses and the entire school of thought behind them. It's a serious thing, and I love it. Yeah, I'm, it, it's it's frustrating because Haunters makes me excited and also disgusts me about the same like scene. Like, yeah, I don't want to. I still don't want to go to haunted houses because I don't know what kind I'm gonna get because there are so many extreme yeah. haunts out there. And I mean, mm -hmm. the carny ass nature of haunted houses is radio ads that say. Buckets of blood! <laughs> and, like, you don't know yeah. if it's actual buckets of blood or just the the radio, like, trying to sell tickets. And you right. don't know till you get there. And I'm not living that life. I need I to mean, know in advance, will you put chicken shit in my mouth? Yeah, yeah. Am I am I going to get, like, my, my toenails, like, chopped off at this thing? Although... There was that story from a couple of years ago about the haunter who worked at a haunted house accidentally hanging themselves in the ride, and because it was supposed to be like a gimmicked noose, and people were just passing by them for hours as they were dead, and it looked like a Halloween decoration. So, really, and this is a thing that I feel like uh, the house's October built is sort of predicated upon. <sighs> if you, if yeah, if you wanted to murder people. Setting up a jank-ass haunted house would be a pretty good way to lure prospective victims, I guess. I think you're right. So, where do you want to put this piece of, frankly, <laughs> ephemera? Yeah, it's, more, it's more nostalgia than anything. Now, what is a yeah. better film? WNUF Halloween Special, which approximates 1994 video culture... Or an actual piece Ooh. of 1994 VHS culture. See, that's a really good question. I, I because mostly I know that you um, you are not particularly high on on WNUF. Um, I be, and and I totally well, understand. I'm not why. high on the plot, but I like the aesthetic. Well, the the plot is sort of yeah. Anything that sort of verges into huh, the Christian moral majority is pretty bad, right? Where it's like, dude, we all know that. We're all on board with moral majority panic being stupid. Um, I hmm, I feel like between the two, I want to give the edge to the WNUF Halloween special just because WNUF, uh, I feel like more work went into it, maybe? Like there's a level of craft, yeah, maybe? It's like a spoopy, yeah, it's like a spoopy centrifuge. It is, it is, yeah. Uh, concentrated that vibe, whereas this is just naturally occurring. So the next thing I'm looking at is the Pagan Invasion Halloween Trick or Treat, and frankly, Ooh. it is not nothing Halloween VHS can touch that tape. <laughs> Agree. No, Pagan Invasion Halloween Trick or Treat is uh, honestly unassailable as far as uh late 80s, early 90s um, Halloween shit go. But I think this is definitely better than Blood on the Badge, because Blood on the Badge has blackface in it. <laughs> I'm giving the edge to uh, the 
um, Spooky World promo video from 94. So, Spooky World 1994 is our new number 264. <laughs> Hell yeah. Above... So, we have to give a shout out to the website that we found this on. We found this on rarehalloweenvideos.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Please do yourself a favor and go check out this blog. It is a repository of the most wonderful, weird spoopy videos on the internet i'm yeah i'm gonna link that in the episode description because i want everybody to hit this website up because it is full of so many like frequently i myself am sort of searching online for this kind of thing and then because of quincy it just fell into my fucking lap and it's like hey here's a giant treasure trove of like 90s halloween tv spots um like i'm hey do you want to watch the elf animated halloween special (laughs) We got it. I'm such a broken piece of shit that I'm on YouTube Googling, like, 90s McDonald's Halloween commercial just for the nostalgia of it because I'm locked in a death embrace with the 80s and 90s. Um, please, learn learn from my mistakes. Don't, don't fall down these holes. Um, so the first movie we're going to be talking about, and I am so goddamn excited to talk about this, is <laughs> Spooky Buddies from 2011. Uh, which, as as you may know, is technically a sequel to that movie Airbud, where the dog plays basketball. Yeah, because they are the the buddies are the golden retriever puppies of Airbud who can talk. <laughs> so wait, I have never seen Airbud. Is Airbud talking in the first movie? No, Airbud is literally a what? dog that can play sports, but he's a regular <laughs> golden retriever. And everyone's like, hey, I don't think he can play sports. And, you know, he plays all the sports in all the sequels. And literally, they just keep saying, it's in. It's not in the rule books. The rules don't say he can't play. <laughs> so that's how he can be the golden receiver you know, on oh the football my, team. Oh, my God. I, now, so... Which, golden receiver <laughs> got a theatrical release, right? Wait, are you shitting me? The Airbud one and two got theatrical releases. So they must have been scraping the bottom of the barrel around like number five, where it's like Airbud plays lacrosse or whatever the fuck. Air, Air. Well, again, Ice the Bud? dog got too old, so they're like, "What's better than golden retrievers? <laughs> golden retriever puppies so... that fart and rap." <laughs> the rapping puppies. So he. So Airbud is just a regular garden variety ass golden retriever that gives birth to sentient talking puppies. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. But um, here's what's buck oh wild in Spooky Buddies all animals talk. Oh yeah. Oh, everybody is just hooting and hollering like every animal it's in this not movie we got magic. Just animals can talk. No, we've got like talking rats. We've got Okay, so my question about this well, because... those rats are children that get turned into rats, to be fair. Well, sure, sure. These are these are magical rats. But um, in this world, where so I, I think it's implied, it's not even a look who's talking situation where they're like talking telepathically or whatever. They are in reality moving their dog mouths to form human speech and also rap <laughs> and call people dog. Yeah. Which, fuck the, fuck the white child who voiced the dog B-Dog. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's, there's a lot that's the shit worst about this movie, but that is one of the shit worstest. <laughs> yeah, I can't, listen, 
for, you know, I, 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 not everybody is brave enough to call out the cultural appropriation of air buddies, <laughs> but on rank and vile, you know, we, we're not going to let that shit slide. We're coming after, uh, the Airbud franchise for some bullshit. I, although we need to, we need to get this out of the way immediately about air buddies or not air buddies, excuse me, spooky buddies. In the first minute of this movie, not even the minute, like the first 30 seconds as the, as the titles are still rolling, we join a black mass in progress where a wizard, a warlock, is sacrificing the souls of five puppies. The tonal dissonance <laughs> of Spooky Buddies is my favorite thing because there's a literal warlock sacrificing dog souls named Warwick the Warlock, and he looks like he's wearing a Party City Sorcerer costume where it's like... A big black robe, and he's got the long black hair and a little like devil. I goatee. mean, later in the movie, and he his, the the children find his wizard staff and say, "Look at this party si- this party city style wizard staff. Let's play with it." It's not even like, <laughs> "Oh, this is a for yeah, sure th- wizard staff." from that legend about those puppies that died, they're like, hey, look at this piece of junk. This will go good with my costume. Yeah, B-Dog the puppy's not going, damn, dog, there's some arcane energies in this wizard stuff. <laughs> like, it's just, they go like, well, this looks like it belongs to a Halloween costume. Um, and so Warwick the Warlock literally straight up murders four golden retriever and puppies. And they never come and back. sacrifices They them. are like... Dead, no. dead. They are dead. They are murdered. They they are they have been dispatched by the Halloween City Wizard, and then we're left with one puppy, one beagle puppy named Pip, Pip the puppy, Pip the pup, and he. So Warwick the Warlock is in the process of sacrificing five puppy souls to a, an entity voiced by Diedrich Bader. First of all. Second of all, called the Halloween Hound. And Howl, H-O-W-L, Halloween Hound. Oh, not Natch, yeah. And and honestly, the Halloween Hound is taken very seriously by this goddamn motion picture. And rightfully so, because they sacrifice fucking dogs to it. (laughs) The Halloween Hound didn't come here to fuck around, okay? The Halloween Hound... Demand sacrifice. We are killing puppies in in our party city costumes, and so um, Warwick the warlock kidnapped these five uh, beagle puppies because they all have to be the same breed. So there's like almost a smattering of they have to be the same blood. So they have to literally be the same litter of dogs. Same litter of dogs, Uh, and it's sort of Warwick the warlock scooped up these beagle puppies from the local cornpone townsfolk. And just whisks them away to his fucking uh, evil mansion. So all the townsfolk, after getting their puppies stolen, advance upon his house in a mob, ready to kill... Pitchforks in hands, and one of them is holding a rolling pin. (laughs) Remember when we were talking about this movie having a tone problem? Like, Bob, you're sacrificing puppies. You're sacrificing puppies, Dead dogs, comic rolling pin, usage. Oh, I'm just going to thwack you good upside the head for sacrificing these puppy souls. Um, so so the, the mob is there to to 
basically lynch Warwick the Warlock oh, they, for they, killing they are, their dogs. They are ready to bury and, him in a shallow grave. <laughs> and he hops on his fucking staff like it's a surfboard and surfs downstairs and turns two mob members into frogs, never to be returned to human form in the film. Yeah, yeah, they're left. So to in the first the two minutes of the movie, we have a <laughs> six-person body count. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and so the one puppy, Pip, uh, the 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 ritual was not completed to consume the puppy souls to like bring the Halloween hound to bear as a real-life entity that can take over the world with Warwick the Warlock. We're getting yeah, a little in the weeds. The sun weeds here. comes up. Right, right. The sun, the fucking sun comes up out of nowhere on screen. By the way, it's like pitch fucking black outside, and then suddenly there's like a jump scare with the sun just going ah, and then Warwick the warlock gets trapped in a mirror. Pip the pup is left in limbo. That at one point during this fucking motion picture. Somebody takes care to say, oh, this puppy's soul is trapped in the limbo between worlds. (laughs) Oh, this beagle puppy is neither alive nor dead, but their damned existence keeps them from crossing over. Um, And let's talk about the, the design where the beagle pup ghost is a... 90s Casper live-action movie oh, like... mixed with a dog. <laughs> Thank you. It looks exactly like Casper the movie, which I l- watched an embarrassing number of times as a kid. Um, it's a good movie. This, yeah, you know, however, is not. You've got fucking Bill Pullman in the mix, dying. Um, but yeah, so he's... <laughs> Listen, there's nothing in the rule books that says a puppy can't be trapped in the space between worlds. <laughs> Um, so Pip the Pup is left to rot for And the little boy years. says, Paul, the little boy says to his corn pone, Paul, Paul, my puppy Pip is dead. <laughs> and the, the Paul, Paul says, yeah, dogs die. Haven't you seen old Yeller? And we zip forward to 2011. Fuck me. That transition, by the way. Now, 1937... This movie has no idea what the 30s are meant to look like. Um, And it's great because that jump, by the way, you've got the kid crying about their puppy dying, and then the townsfolk just go, this house is condemned, which apparently (laughs) is all you have to do to get a house condemned is just announce it. And then everyone's like, oh, it's fucking condemned. This perfectly good house is condemned. Um, Not, don't go in that house, two guys got turned into frogs. Two two men with wives and children <laughs> and dogs. Right, this is, listen, mob justice also applies to local zoning, I think, where you just, you get, you get a posse of good old boys together, and then you close down a building. <laughs> um, fuck me. So then, so it jumps forward to 2011, <laughs> and they have... So, at one point, so Warwick the Warlock gets brought back because, like Candyman, all you have to do is say the Halloween Hound three times to bring it back from the space between worlds, from beyond this veil of fucking tears, um, to to bring the Halloween Hound, Hound around. And the Halloween Hound is there, and he's sort of, like, you know, legit, like, shoot terrifying in this movie, where everyone's just like... No, this dog will steal your fucking soul. Well, and, and what's then, a bummer is he's like a Italian Mastiff, like a 
big fucking dog. And they also make his eyes green with digital effects. Mm -hmm. And he's voiced by Diedrich Bader, uh, Batman. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Diedrich Bader and also, um, you know, of the Drew Carey show and also... Ryan Stiles from the Drew Carey show and Whose Line Is It Anyway voices Warwick the Warlock's pet owl, who... Now, my question here. Um, if the dogs are eating kibble and kibble is made with animal parts, are these sentient beings eating the bodies of other sentient beings? Yes. Like, because... where does... Because we see a cat who is just a regular-ass cat threaten to eat mice in the movie. Now, again, as mentioned earlier, the mice are children that Warwick has turned into mice, a la Witches, (laughs) the most traumatic film of all time. Oh, Uh, fuck me. Which, by the way, that's a stay tuned, by the way, for Rankin Vile. We're doing that at some point. Yeah, we're going to do that one. Um, Halloween's coming up. We're going to do it. Uh, I think uh, when Betty Betty Rock Steady was was on, I think all three of us just kind of paused and went, oh, the fucking witches, and then continued on. (laughs) Uh, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are or where you are. It doesn't matter who you are as long as somebody loves you, Ryan. <laughs> That's true. I've read that. Um, the... <laughs> now, okay. Anyway, so... <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the cat is like, I'm going to eat you children. And the children are like, <coughs> we're mice. Please don't do that because we're not actually mice. Right. And the cat's like, I don't give a fuck. And is chasing these children. Um, now, Warwick the Warlock, who, by the way, looks like every gross dude with a FetLife account with, like, items in his profile pic obviously bought from, like, Spencer's Gifts or whatever. Yeah! Where, like, you know this dude has, like, a squishy velvet top hat that costs, like, $8 and a staff with a skull on it. Like, he, he, he subscribes yeah. to Girl and Corpse magazine. <laughs> Yeah, this, just this corny motherfucker. Now, um, Warwick the Warlock comes back, and he's in 2011, and he's also... Now, this takes place, obviously, obviously on, on Halloween night. And he, who, by the way, he was around in 1937. He is wandering the streets in 2011, a, a man out of time, just going... Why are all these children walking around in masks? What are all of the... What, cars? And it's like... This movie has no frame of reference for what was around in 1937. He like, literally takes a Hershey bar that that someone gives him, which is a candy that was around in the 30s, and bites through the wrapper. <laughs> like he's never yeah, seen he's a just wrapped like, chocolate bar before. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, oh, I guess this is what food is like now. And it's like, yeah, if, so if, if it was a period of time before the 1950s, listen, the Edwardian period was probably basically like the Elizabethan era. Um, this movie has no idea what 1937 was meant to look like. Uh, so it's these kids, and they're they're hanging out together, and they're basically like, what, human counterparts for the buddies? Yeah, basically they are the human analogs. Well, well, no. The main kid who, I don't fucking remember his name because this movie's dumb, mm-hmm. let's call him Buddy. <laughs> right. Buddy <laughs> and B-Dog, the rapping dog, are a rapping, rapping duo. Dog. Of so course they're a rapping duo. So if you notice, duo. they have matching chains. They are supposed to go as hip-hoppers for Halloween, but because every adult in this movie is a fucking 
idiot, <laughs> their mom buys them rabbit costumes so they'll be hip hoppers. Yeah, which I love that just the sort of, it is tw- the year of our Lord Arn Anderson 2011, and the mom is going, oh, hip hoppers? I thought you wanted to be a bunny rabbit. See, I and... want to argue that this doesn't even get 2011 correct, because you have a child wearing a black oversized t-shirt and a platinum mm-hmm chain with a b on it and he is supposed to look like a contemporary rapper now i know i'm pretty you know old but i think i remember in 2011 uh people into rappers were you know fashion forward (laughs) oh sure yeah, especially circa 2011. I feel like we were well out of the Flavor Flav era where you've got giant oversized yeah, like, bling and... That's like Lil Wayne Drake era. Like early Lil Wayne Drake Nicki Minaj. So you know, that's a load of horseshit. Yeah, actually, that's a great point. Now, th- that like this movie has no idea what frame of reference it should have for time periods and what any time period looks like the the entire crew had never met an african-american before ever that's completely correct you listen to the voice acting on this movie and it's jesus christ now there's also another character in this which basically this movie is ripping off monster squad for the fact that a we've got sort of you know goofensteins wandering around and also some kids uh, there is. Uh, an... I hate to bring it to you. Not only is it ripping off Monster Squad, it's ripping off Hocus Pocus, another Disney Halloween movie. Oh yeah. Which, by the way, um, this is as good a place as any to admit this. I have never seen Hocus Pocus. Well, uh, stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> That's this also going to be tuned. the most blessed fall uh, <laughs> that you're ever going to hear it's, this podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I but I I, I now I have seen Bette Midler singing "I Put a Spell on You," so that I feel like I've I've basically seen Hocus Pocus. But so the thing that it's uh, it, there's an old man in this that could not more obviously be the kid who lost Pip the pup back in 1287 or whatever it imagines the before time to be. Um, and so it, it's this uh, old guy who now, which by the way, side note here, you've seen Monster Squad, right? Oh, yeah. The old man who is revealed to have been a Holocaust survivor, because we got to throw that into a kid's movie with Dracula. Um, and the old man is like, oh, yep, I lost my puppy. And, you know, they it's like these kids going door to door on Halloween in their costumes, asking adults about the Halloween hound. Yeah, it's it's a thing. Instead of this movie is a fucking movie. <laughs> it I is think certainly. It's also important to note that Harland Williams is Warwick the Warlock. Yes, well, uh, Rocket what else was... Man himself. Yeah, yeah, the literal, yeah, literal Rocket Man. Um, holy shit! Now there's a scene in here where now the 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 basic idea of the movie is that the Halloween hound wants to be made corporeal by consuming puppy souls, so naturally he's got to chase the buddies. Um, And to stop him, they have to, like... I don't know. This movie kind of doesn't have a plot insofar as it's like, eh, we need dog souls? Well, it's it's all leaning on types. We got the (coughs) butch dog, we got the girl dog, Mm -hmm. we got the dirty dog... We right, got we've got the Snoop Dog. We got which, the B Dog. Right, we, yeah, we've got the we, and also we've got the fat dog who's not actually fat. Which, by the way, like is yeah, Christina pointed out. Like, look, this is fat dog erasure. 
like you've got the dog in here called Butterball, who is always eating. It's like, dude, that dog's not even fat. Fuck this. Um, I'll show you a fat golden retriever. <laughs> They're out there. <laughs> they are. Listen, fat golden retrievers are proof of a loving god. Speaking of they a loving god, they need work too. So this dog is stealing. <laughs> yeah, he's good okay. roles from hardworking fat golden retriever puppies. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of um, a loving god, a Bible gets brought in at one point during this movie to like ward off Warwick the Warlock. So, I feel like it's implied that... Alright, two things are true. Every animal is sentient, and the Christian god canonically exists. Yeah, and also, they talk about how the other dogs are in heaven. Yeah, they're... Oh my god, they're in heaven, but then... Because right, Pip confirms, oh yeah, my, my brothers and sisters, they died, but it's okay, because they went to heaven. Oh my god, yeah, it's, you know, my brothers and sisters, and there's one bit where the Halloween hound is, like, taunting Pip the pup by going, yes, your brothers and sisters were delicious, and it's like, in this Disney movie, where <laughs> the dog eats fucking puppy souls, and then, speaking also of, in this goddamned Disney-branded product, uh, Butterball, the not-fat golden retriever puppy, they're hiding from the Halloween hound, and... He starts eating his feelings by being like, oh boy, a jar full of unidentified mystery pickled items. And they are pickled eyeballs, like anyone has, uh, in like a Ute's cheese ball barrel. Just a huge fuck-off barrel full of pickled eyeballs. And Butterball is eating the pickled eyeballs and going, hey, they're not half, they're kind of rubbery. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? And then the Halloween hound finds this dog eating a jar of eyeballs and goes, I'm going to take your soul, little buddy. And he lets out a cartoon CGI fart that looks Which like a kills giant... kills the Halloween hound. It, it murders the Halloween hound. Turns him to stone, and he crumbles into into dust. Yeah, he is... Def which, uh, hey, did you know that only fat people fart? It's true, I read that. <laughs> um, or, or, or eat, or have bodily functions. Um, but yeah, so canonically, the Halloween Hound is laid low by a dog fart. After this dog has just eaten... Alright, is it implied that because he ate a barrel of eyeballs, is it that he's farting out eyeball fumes into the body of the Halloween Hound? Is... What the fuck is happening? And so, uh... They they banish the Halloween Hound to the Shadow Realm forever via dog farts. And then it gets to the, uh, the, the oh, the sun is up and God's in his heaven and all's right with the world. <laughs> um, and the guy, the, 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 the old man who lost Pip the Pup as a, as a, as a, as a wee lad, um, he actually says, nice work, dogs, and does, like, rapper hands. And it's like, this is... In 2011, and we're still doing this shit. Um, and here's the here's maybe the wildest thing of a movie where a demonic dog is killed by an eyeball fart. Yeah, he's killed by a pickled eyeball, eyeball fart. Oh my god! And then okay, so the old man gets Pip gets returned to his body, which has right. been um, turned to stone. But then, like, everyone that's been turned to stone, except the first five dogs, they're fucked. But everyone else in yes. the movie that got turned to stone 
crumbles and they're they're a human or a dog or whatever underneath. So you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that we've man... given this beagle puppy a sad backstory with all of his fucking brothers and sisters getting killed. I'm glad that yeah. they are the only permanent death in this movie. So so they get a okay. So here's a th- I just realized there's a big plot hole. So they get <laughs> you just realized there's a plot hole. It's here's so the thing. Oh. Yeah, here's the thing. So uh-huh. the old man gets his puppy back. Pip sure is does. still a puppy because they only right. cast, you know, a couple of beagle puppies. Mm-hmm. So as an old man, he's going to raise a puppy again and travel the United States to see all of Pip's grandchildren. Which, what here's what I'm fuck? thinking. Those dogs were puppies. They hadn't entered heat yet. How are there a lineage of Pip pups? Yeah, Pip is still a puppy. He goes from puppy to dead puppy back to live puppy. He Puppy to dead not... puppy to ghost to live puppy. <laughs> His dog sperm is not yet viable, I am completely sure. And then it's great because the, the, the guy who's, uh, whose puppy died, he actually goes like, I haven't felt this spry in years. And it's like... Why do? Why are we watching this? Like I don't. Okay, so correct oh, me if, if I'm wrong. Taking mm-hmm. care of puppies kind of sucks. Oh, it's terrible. Like taking care of puppies is a a nightmare dimension of shit and piss and barking and needing to provide. And this is um you know you've got to provide like constant boundary setting and you've got to stay on them like. Unless you want a real shit butt puppy walking around just being awful all the time, yeah, you have to you have to actually have any kind of energy and attention span for it. Um, but it's yeah, fine so, because so I is it safe to say as an eighty-two year old man you don't want a puppy? I sure feel like that is. Although I feel like it's there's almost something weird and horrifying about the fact that he's like ninety-five years old and like nigh dead. And, you know, it's just sort of like, well, I know I'm at the end of my life, but yours is just getting started, and you've got to spend your whole life with me. And it's just like, you've got to drive around in my RV. And like, what? You're going to train? Now, your, your dog is... And now, all right, here's the thing, though. If dogs are... Se- if puppies are sentient, it should not be that hard to house train them, because that means it's fucking malice aforethought. When your puppy shits on the carpet. That means they are specifically like, mm, I know you said I should only shit on the grass, but actually, fuck you. And I'm going to shit in your RV while I travel to the Grand Canyon or whatever. Like, the, man, the implications of Spooky Buddies will keep me up at night. This Okay, do you want to hear my fuck. fan theory? Please. More than anything. So, uh, Spooky Buddies is the sequel to um snow buddies and snow buddies is best known for murdering its dog actors oh yeah five five puppies oh shit oh shit five puppies also died in that yeah five actual puppies died is this the screenwriter trying to make amends through his fiction oh fuck oh fuck this is literally listen if i can just save one of them this will all have been the entire... Okay, you, you want to know the worst thing about the Snow Buddies debacle? What's is that? that instead of stopping production when the dogs first got sick, they kept filming 
and would put the dogs on IVs because they got parvovirus, so they were getting dehydrated. So they right. would put them on IV fluid between takes and kept shooting the damn movie. Oh, and fuck. that's why they got so sick and died. So, and that's why it spread, because they didn't stop and shut the production down. They said, oh, this highly contagious puppy disease, surely not every dog will get it. And then, oh no, every dog on set got parvo. Oops. I, I, and uh, Holy yeah. shit. And then they were claimed by the Halloween Hound. And that's <laughs> exactly. their ultimate resting place. That's Now, my question about that, like, how every movie has to say no animals were harmed during the making of this motion picture? They yanked it. Did Oh, there we go. All because right. it was actually the Humane Society that shut the production down. They said, you cannot keep doing this and Good. get our stamp. Good. That's, that's fucking... Honestly, how hard could it have been to look at five golden retriever puppies, all of whom got sick and go, all right, well, we got to send them to the vet and someplace else. Or, you know, it's actually 10 because they had, I think it's actually, the numbers escape me. I think they had like 10 to 20 because I hate to break this to you. Butterball (laughs) is not one puppy. He is multiple puppies (gasps) in different shots. What? My God. I, (laughs) I don't even know what to believe anymore. And also, um, Warwick the Warlock, that was actually uh, three different dudes in, in, a, in a trench coat. Um, sort of <laughs> they just actually pre- just pulled up outside the goth club and just let a bunch <laughs> of guys get in a van. Yeah, they actually, just stopped, they actually just stopped by a Spencer's Gifts and like looked at the guy checking out the Rob Zombie chain wallets and were like, you want to be in Spooky Buddies? And he was like, blah. Um, holy fuck. So, all right. <laughs> Mother of God, where? So, so I feel like we've spent a long time talking about this movie and have not even scratched the surface. Oh, this there's... is on Netflix. You you owe it to yourself to watch this while it's still on Netflix. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. You you owe it to yourself to both watch this on Netflix and then go on the internet and look at parent reviews of Spooky Buddies. Um, it's wild. Everybody hated Spooky Buddies. Like. I, listen, it's not everybody who ends up looking at the cr- online and researching the critical reception of Spooky Buddies, a spinoff of Airbud. Um, but a lot of parents really, really hated this movie because they're like, this was too fucking scary for my five-year-old who really loves the Air Buddies series but was freaked out by all the dog souls getting fucking sucked out of their mouths. <laughs> like, and, and what's also... While watching this movie, I realized that Roger Ebert would have hated Spooky Buddies because um, he frequently dunked on children's movies that were unimaginative and did nothing for a child's imagination and left them with nothing interesting. Like, this certainly does kill a cool 90 minutes, but ultimately, like, there's nothing to take away from it. There's nothing interesting about it. It doesn't, you know... Just because something is entertainment for babies doesn't mean it needs to be weird, depressing, lobotomized, fart-filled horseshit. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking bad. <laughs> what the f- so? What the fuck? So, where on the list are we sticking? 2011's Spooky Buddies. Ryan, what is mm-hmm. a worse movie, Spooky Buddies or The Bye Bye Man? <sighs> 
<laughs> Which is now we're the only listen, you know that thing of find a niche that only you do? We are the only podcast looking at whether or not the bye bye man is better than spooky buddies. Um I don't think it don't say it's <laughs> the bye bye man. Don't think it or Which don't features think, a Halloween hound. I mean, really, don't think it don't say it also applies to the Halloween hound. Like you just can't <laughs> If you name him three times, he'll just pop out and start stealing puppy souls. Um, I am dropping this movie below the Bye Bye Man. Oh, wow. Definitely. Now, what is worse? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> now I'm, I'm scrolling down. Is uh-huh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the next generation better or worse than <laughs> Spooky, Spooky Buddies? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um... I think Spooky Buddies is probably better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation. Here's the thing. The dogs are very cute. Yeah, at least I did get some They're look at They're very precious little puppers. They're, they're little buddies and... Well, uh, oh, fuck. Actual buddies. Uh, and also, they've got uh, an old man dog that I feel like should be played by Don Knotts. And I'm, I'm upset that this dog who is, like, a basset hound who's a local deputy called, like, Deputy Sniffer or whatever. And he's just sort of like, well, hey, kids. Like, he's just, you know, sort of well-meaning old galoot. And I feel like, yeah. So we got to look at several dogs in Spooky Buddy. So I feel like, yeah, purely for that, I'm putting it above Texas Chainsaw The Next Generation. Okay, so the next shit show on our list above Texas Chainsaw is Fear.com.com. Oh boy. Okay, is fear.com better than spooky buddies? fear.com.com. fear.com.com.com.com. I would I would put All right, here's the thing. I would put fear.com above spooky buddies purely because if we're going as a kind of like movies set in a time period that do not understand their own time period, I feel like fear.com has a a funnier bad grasp of what the internet looks like. Than spooky yeah, buddies fear. has. Fear.com and and Hellraiser Hellworld both do not understand their own <laughs> real world scenarios. No, completely. Like also, I love that this is apparently the internet horror block is the uh, <laughs> is the two fifties. This is where we start getting into the evil internet. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, Fear.com is uh, it's it has a more entertaining lack of grasp on 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 milieu than uh, spooky buddies. Oh man. So number 258 is Spooky Buddies. <laughs> Fucking spooky Please buddies. go watch this on Netflix. But but listen, the only way to watch this movie is the way that I did, which is alone in the middle of the night with no children anywhere near you. As the director intended. <laughs> yeah, no, don't don't let your kids watch this. Or conversely, this makes me think of one of my favorite um, responses ever to a question. Which is, you know, you think of what the target demo must have been for Spooky Buddies. And on Twitter, I remember um, on the Rank and Vile Twitter, I was like, you know, Gremlins too. Like, the jokes are too adult for kids, but it's too dumb for adults. Who was this movie for? And I forget who replied with kids that aren't pussies. And that's, I think, the literal... <laughs> I think it's the literal audience for Spooky Buddies is like, I mean, yeah, it's, de- you know, it's definitely for kids, but it's for kids that, A really like Jeff Spicoli jokes and be totally down with puppy soul murder. It's 
it's really designed for a parent to put on and walk out of the room. Man, that's depressing. That's well, really, well, really sad. Listen, I gotta tell you, as a parent, uh-huh. there are times when you need to take a shit or do a load <laughs> of laundry or load right. the dishes. And sometimes all you have is Spooky Buddies. Right. I mean, there are much better movies out there than Spooky Buddies to put on. Oh, sure. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you do that. There are movies that you say, there's no way in hell I'm going to watch this, but I'm going to let the kid watch it because I trust blindly in the MPAA's G rating. Right. You see the G rating and you see the Disney logo and you're like, you got you to gotta like lean down and whisper to your kid, I can't be your hero today. And then you have to go take a shit <laughs> and leave them in the care of the Halloween hound. Good Lord. Let's talk about Wild Zero. Um, so shout out to Evan who mailed this to me on DVD, which I have never watched before. Mm-hmm. This movie's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, now I think uh, so. Wild Zero, for those of you who may not have seen it, is a uh, combination uh, zombie romantic comedy action movie featuring Japanese uh, rock band Guitar Wolf, which sounds like the Ramones but louder and better and faster. Um, and this is a movie with a literal drinking game built into the DVD, where it's like every time a zombie's head explodes, every time somebody yells rock and roll, every time somebody combs their hair, you take a drink. And you run the risk of alcohol poisoning <laughs> within the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, Guitar Wolf sends you to an early grave. Um, this movie, uh, I, I don't know why, this movie just immediately makes me think of college. Like, this is a movie you watch in college. Here's why. It is. It was made in 1999. Right. And it is the most I just discovered Japanese cinema. Look how bananas it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the one that you, you invite your friends over. Like, it's got a drinking game. I know that none of us have ever drunk before, but, you know, conceivably. Um, and it's very... Now, I, I, I am fond of the fact that it's a zombie movie from before... The zombie glut of the mid two thousands when there was way too much zombie shit. Yeah, um, for sure. And and also, I think we have to point this out. This is one of the most trans positive horror movies we've done on the list so far. It um, is shockingly trans positive, and I was like grinding my teeth in anxious anticipation, and then all of a sudden. Uh, Guitar Wolf pops out and says, Love knows no genders or boundaries. Do it for the sake of rock and roll. Yeah. Get in like, this relationship. It's amazing because, like, it's so ace. Uh, the, the, the young uh, pompadoured kid who's the protagonist of this movie um, meets this really hot girl that he's really into, and then it's revealed that she has a dick, and he's like initially you know yeah and this is where you start you know you you sort of white knuckle it through the next couple of minutes because you're like i really hope this movie isn't shitty about this because it's like when we were watching Pramika, the movie about the haunted karaoke machine and it's like dude i was so into this until you made a fucking trans joke and now i'm just tired um and so immediately after ace um you know there's this reveal and he gets freaked out and goes to the next room and he's like Oh, fuck, what do I do? And literally, <clears throat> uh, Guitar Wolf just out of nowhere just screams at him that love knows no boundaries, genders, or, or, or nationalities. Just do it! And then Ace is like, you know what? Yeah, that checks out. Also, and... it, we should remember that at that part of the movie, um, 
Guitar Wolf shows up in like a dream vision. Like they're not there. They just show up to give yeah. advice and then go back to the the you know ethereal plane. <laughs> yeah, the 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 the, uh, the realm made entirely of pomade and fire and booze. Um, I now Wild Zero. This is absolutely now. All right, I think there's a genre of horror movie that is this should be on mute on a bar TV on Halloween. Yes, yes. Like it is this, so visually fun. Right. It's now it also features like the Yakuza, it features like a bunch of wild shit. The bad guy in this movie has the most effective heel semiotics of any horror movie villain because he's got a mushroom bowl cut and short shorts and a mustache. Very laced short shorts. Oh yeah. Well no, yeah, these are short shorts that intend to be short shorts. Um, but yeah, honestly, my only my, my main beef with Wild Zero, I wanted more gore. Yeah, it's not very gory, and the plot is very light. It's just <clears throat> cool set pieces, which is great for if it's on on mute in the back of a party. But right. sitting down and watching it from start to finish, besides a couple of memorable lines, you could just, you know, leave it on mute and just read the subtitles. Yeah, 100%. And also the fact that, I mean, so much of this movie is an extended Guitar Wolf music video. Here's the thing. Fuck yeah. Like, the fact that it is a Guitar Wolf music video, I mean, Purple Rain, for instance, is an extended Prince music video, and I fucking yeah. love Purple Rain. So I am, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with the lack of plot, because let me tell you, I'm not watching Wild Zero for the in-depth plot. But I feel like if you're going to do a zombie movie where you're supposed to take a drink every time a zombie's head explodes, please blanket my body in gore. Just drench me in gore if, if that's the kind of movie you're going to be doing, or... I don't know. Um, but I'm, I think I'm really, really fond of it because this was one of the first Japanese horror movies I ever saw. And... Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and also, Guitar Wolf is legitimately... I think they were... Weren't they recorded as the loudest band in the world? I don't know if I can corroborate that. I can think of other comparably loud bands also from Japan. But right, I know. I know. The, I know that watching this on my headphones, my headphones started to crackle like they were going to wear out. <laughs> yeah, they were popping. Although I know the band Man War set a Guinness record at one point for being the loudest band in the world. But, so, yeah. Uh, holy shit! I if you have the opportunity to watch Wild Zero, and maybe you haven't, seen, uh, this is such a good intro to Japanese horror. I think if you haven't seen any Japanese horror yet. So so, let's talk about other Japanese horror. Um, Ninja versus Alien, Alien versus Ninja, uh -huh. is down low on the list um, at number one ninety two. Is it better or worse than Alien vs. Ninja? Man, honestly, I feel like it's better purely because this at least gave us some really good quotes. And That's true. Alien vs. Ninja is just cool action sequences. Yeah, I mean, Alien vs. Ninja is fun, but I feel like it's mostly just sort of like, oh, okay. And, and don't get me wrong, Wild Zero is also capital F fun as a horror movie goes, but... I feel like purely for Guitar Wolf screaming, love knows no genders, nationalities, or borders. Like, that's 
you ever like do you ever just see a screenshot that you, ne- you immediately are like okay should i make this my twitter header <laughs> like that's that that's how you know it's it's good so honestly i would scroll up the list you know what i think wild zero is better than what i think wild zero is better than the grudge yeah yeah i think yeah, it's yeah, better yeah. than the grudge yeah. and i think you know what i think it's better than than the devil's rejects uh yeah i would honestly wrong. if yeah. i'm going with friday night test i would so much rather watch the band guitar wolf kill zombies than watch rob zombies fanfic of his own characters now the real sticking point is interview with a vampire i think that's where we start to stumble oh yeah 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 okay actually i can't in good conscience put wild zero above interview with the vampire i think right below and right above slaughterhouse because i think if you haven't seen either of those movies watch wild zero first mm-hmm. and then slaughterhouse next oh they're as very comparable in like goofy fun times yeah as a shot in a chaser wild zero and slaughterhouse is like a perfect boiler maker of a fucking horror movie <laughs> like it's just Dude. like yeah yeah so yeah so i feel good about that so coming in at our new 143 underneath interview with the vampire but above slaughterhouse from 1987 is wild zero Oh, man. Ryan, will you tell our listeners where they can find us online? Well, I sure will. They can find us on Twitter, uh, constantly and abidingly shitposting at Just Rankin' Vilecast. Uh, they can find us on Instagram at Just Rankin' Vile and on Tumblr at Just Rankin' Vile. If there is a horror movie that you want us to talk about, um, I know this episode we didn't really get to a lot of uh, listener requests, but we dearly Listen, love them. Spooky Buddies had to happen. <laughs> We need to talk about spooky buddies. I think this moment comes when you just have to take a stand and you slam your briefcase down on the table and you're like, we're talking about spooky buddies. We all need to talk about spooky buddies. Um, So if you have any requests that you'd like us to go ahead and talk about, you're going to want to send those to uh, rankinvilecast at gmail.com or uh, drop that in our ask box uh, on Tumblr. Uh, We are on Stitcher. We are on Last.fm. We are not on SoundCloud because I refuse to pay money for SoundCloud. Uh, we're on Podbean, we're on iTunes. Really, we are just about anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you like our in-depth uh, dissections of Airbud spinoffs, um, consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, and uh, it could help us uh, go up the rankings. Because again, I want to stress this: we are the only podcast questioning whether or not Spooky Buddies is better or worse than the Bye Bye Man. Um, but yeah, so I think that's uh, Quincy. Got anything else? We are currently looking for uh, sponsorships. So if you are a creator or a maker and you want to get in touch, drop us a line at rankedbilecast at gmail.com. Similarly, if you are a filmmaker and uh, you want us to review your film, uh, shoot us an email at rankedbilecast too. Uh, but other than that, I hope you all stay spooky. Buddies. We are all God's we are all God's buddies now. <laughs> Later folks. <laughs> Five dogs! <laughs> <laughs>